afternoon uh, or good evening wherever you are. This is Lilac Boots um, and welcome back to The Scroll. Um, this will be my season two finale of my podcast. Um, after, well, it might be. I have to double check the episode count, but I do believe this is the 10th episode um, of this season. So I'm going to cut it here. But um, happy March. And um, I have a guest co-host with me this week. Um, Frank, if you want to introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Frank Grouch. You may have heard me from other podcasts such as Diggity Surplus, uh, also The Scroll, and uh, occasionally the Frank Grouch Streaming Network. Hi. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, let's just uh, get right into the shits. Uh, so this week, um, if you are an Elder Scrolls fan... Um, there is a new uh, Morrowind mod um, that lets you buy Argonian McNuggets. <laughs> um, so basically what happens is uh, McDonald's uh, sort of made a deal with um, Elder Scrolls, or rather Elder Scrolls sort of uh, is paying homage to McDonald's. Um, and the recent uh, Morrowind mod um, has a scenario where basically you're you're in an establishment known as McDaggett's. Um, it's in Balmora. Um, it's not quite McDonald's. Um, even if the logo and the uniforms look very much like they were pulled from the real world restaurants, um, but it's it's pretty <laughs> pretty similar. I've seen the pictures. Um, they have menu items like the big guar and skooma shakes. Uh, you know, rather than McRibs and McNuggets. Um, you know, it's just, it's just a cute little homage thing towards McDonald's if you're a McDonald's person, um, and if you like Elder Scrolls Morrowind. So, yeah, enjoy that. (laughs) Um, next, uh, there's an Illinois legislator who's looking to ban the sale of all violent video games in the state. Um... <laughs> I remember the last 75 times that tried to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is it. This is it new. This isn't a new thing. Um, you know, people just feel like video games are doing too much. And once again, with any form of media, there's labels that you need to read. And if you don't want your kids to play it, don't buy them the damn game. <laughs> Wait, like, how old is this senator guy? Like, how out of touch are you? Do you not know what the ESRB is? Are you not familiar that GameStop employees tell people that you can't buy games that are rated M for mature? Are you aware that other retailers don't sell games that are rated mature? Two kids. Your argument is stupid. You're a dumb senator. Go sit the fuck down. That's all I got to say about that. Like, dog, it's everybody knows, much like parental consi- uh, the parental advisory sticker on video games, and the, uh, and the Motion Picture Association of America rating for movies, they tell you what's in the game, so that way people don't buy the wrong shit for their kids. This guy is an asshole. I hope he gets voted out the next time he's up for office. Otherwise, he can go straight to hell. Yeah, That's also, um, you guys gotta, all the, in case there's any older people who are listening to this, you guys I'm gotta sorry. remember most, um, no, it's fine. <laughs> most people that, um, well, most I guess kids or or children that were my age when I was a kid, most of them got the violent video games from family members. So you need to blame like their cousin, their older cousin, or whoever the hell they were around at the time, and that's how they got the damn game. They did not go to the I'm store and get it. 
Come on. Seriously? Who has $50 at 10 years old? Come on. Seriously? I, I grew up I grew up in the in the wild, like the 90s, the wild times of extreme, where mm-hmm. like things were just hyper-violent for no reason. Like our cartoon, people were blowing up on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. One of our most popular games was called Bomberman. It was about a guy who literally blew things up mm-hmm. to progress the game. But when games like GTA came out when I was a young, a youth, a wee grouch, uh, mm-hmm. my parents would not buy the game for me. But they also, like when I would watch rated R movies, they'd also, like with my grandmother, they would also tell me, hey, this is bad. Don't go out here running around chopping down a bunch of people with machetes and axes and guns. Like, don't do that. This is not normal. This is media. So while I get that the senator is trying to be lazy, or somebody's trying to lobby him in his pocket, or he's just being a dunce. Either way, it doesn't fall on the video game industry to create the kind of art. It falls on the parents and the people who are responsible for these kids to make sure that they don't consume the wrong art. That's it. You got to do your job, do your due diligence as a parent, as a responsible adult, to make sure that the wrong information and the wrong media doesn't fall into the right hands. And if it does fall into the kids' hands, you should do your job on the other side. Hey, son. You probably shouldn't ride around after dark in a fucking stolen vehicle looking for hookers and just paying them <laughs> and running them over with your car. That's not how things work in real life. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. It's okay. Um, maybe you'll... Well, no, I think you'll feel the same way when I finish reading this. But anyway, the, um, so um, the legislator, it's, he's doing it um, according to uh, am- amendments that would adjust a 2012 law which currently keeps retailers from selling certain violent games to minors. The documents were filed on Friday by Representative Marcus C. Evans Jr. in response to an increase in carjackings and violent crime in Chicago. Um, Thank the video game that did that, my guy. (laughs) House Bill 3531 would prevent the sale of all, quote, violent video games, end quote, in the state. As defined in the bill, a violent video game is described as one that allows a user or player to control a character within the video game that is encouraged to perpetuate human-on-human violence in which the player kills or otherwise causes serious physical or psychological harm to another human or an animal. Um, Elsewhere in the amendments, legislators look to change the definition of serious physical harm to include carjacking, among other things. Rates of carjacking have increased across Chicago with 218 incidents reported to police in January, according to the Chicago Sun-Times. The bill would prohibit the sale of some of these games that promote the activities that we're suffering from in our communities, having sold the Sun-Times. Um, a $1,000 fine was proposed for those that sell or rent a violent video game. Uh, the bill will... Somebody, oh, go ahead. Can somebody, can somebody ask him how to explain the carjacking rates in the 70s and 80s before violent video games existed then? Because he sounds like a fucking moron, and I really hate. <laughs> I really hate that he's trying to blame shit that like I. I, I oh my God, I don't even want to cut you off. I just hate that he's trying to blame right crime mm-hmm. on something that is not the correlation. Like, there's no correlation between video games making you violent, as per plenty of psychologist studies, uh, and like the increase of violent crime. And none, none of this shit correlates, bro. You're just being an asshole. Just admit. You were too much of a bitch to play Grand Theft Auto growing up, and your mom didn't <laughs> buy it for you, so you're now you're mad, and nobody else can play it. Shut the hell up and sit down somewhere. Find this dude on Twitter so I can yell at him. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Not only that, but um, 
no offense to anyone who lives in that area, if you're listening to this podcast right now, but you live in Chicago. Come on. Like, seriously, it's not like you lived in the perfect place and then all of a sudden when GTA came out, it went straight to hell. You live in Chicago. Stop it. <laughs> okay? GTA's been out for plenty of years before fucking, before all of us, like, the crime rate in Chicago has been exponentially rising. GTA has been out, and it has nothing to do with that. Because if that was the case, the crime rates would rise everywhere and not just Chicago. Yeah. So I'm going to need you to stop, get your head out of your ass, and, like, actually do your job as a senator and maybe, maybe fix the, the way that criminals, whatever the fuck he is. <laughs> he's not, obviously, he's not important. So, I mean, uh, it's he just, might not even have like, a Twitter. do your job and legislate your country or your city, or your county, or whatever fucking district you're in, and stop trying to blame it on Grand Theft Auto. It didn't do anything. It's made for adults. It's not made for kids. So what are you doing? I don't know, man. Too. That's stupid. He's an idiot. I need oh, to find his Twitter. I found it. It's uh, a black guy, too. Damn. What's his Twitter handle? Um, At RepEvans33. That's him? Yep. So, alright, sir. Well... <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry. I don't mean to talk shit about Chicago. You guys made some of the best hip hop artists have come out of there. Also, um, I haven't tried your pizza yet, but I will someday. I swear. But come on, seriously, you guys are ODing without video games. Even if video games didn't exist, I'm pretty sure you guys would be wild out still. Um, they absolutely would. Now let me get my tweet going. <laughs> so I'm so sick. I would call him an idiot on like live. <laughs> So, um, the bill was certainly face scrutiny. Um, in 2011, the Supreme Court said that California legislators could not ban the sale of violent video games to minors, that video games qualify as free speech, as The Verge reported at the time. Uh, quote, like the protected books, plays, and movies that preceded them, video games communicate ideas and even social messages. Through many familiar literary devices, such as characters, dialogue, plot, and music, and through features distinctive to the medium, such as the player's interaction with the virtual world, a Supreme Court Justice Scalia wrote, uh, quote, that suffices to confer First Amendment protection, end quote. In 2020, uh, the American Psychological Association reported there is little scientific evidence that supports a casual link between violent video games and violent behavior. Um, violence is a complex social problem that likely stems from many factors that warrant attention from researchers, policymakers, and the public, APA President Sandra L. Shulman wrote in the report, attributing violence to video gaming is not scientifically sound and draws attention away from other factors, such as the history of violence, which we know from the research is a major predictor of future violence. However, the APA did suggest there was a small, reliable association with increased aggression, like yelling and pushing, but that these aggressions do not extend to more violent outcomes. These are similar findings to an international study published in 2018. So, yeah. Anyway, which one of those? Which one of those did you say? Because I'm actually digging this up. Um, which one did I say? What? Which one of those links is it? One of the? Uh, it was um, you at the A A A P A A P A said one, and then it was uh, what was the other one you said before A P A? Because I'm looking these up. I'm literally sending him a tweet. As, as we speak, <laughs> well, the, the the APA is who did the research and reported that there was little scientific evidence. Um, but before that, um, in 2011, the Supreme Court, because um, California tried to do the same thing, and 
the Supreme Court said that um, they can't ban the sale of violent video games to minors because um, it qualifies as free speech. So um, it was Supreme Court Justice um, Scalia that wrote that. Well, said it, rather. Okay, just making sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you want to specifically the person who said what they said in the APA? Nah, I just, I just, oh my god. Yeah, no, it's the same argument that they've been having since freaking Mortal Kombat. Like, I get it. It's been the argument since like 92 when the first GTA came out and it still got shot down. It was the same thing that happened with the Florida lawyer like 10 years ago. You're not going to stop the sale of violent video games because you can't stop the sale of violent movies. Because you're, what you're asking is like, hey, the media that you put out is too violent for the youth. It's not the media's fault that you can't direct your parents to be fucking good parents. It's not the media's fault that these kids is out here with their parents being incarcerated for fucked up reasons because there's a systematic racist issue in the goddamn legal system. It's not these kids' fault that they got broken homes because people are getting arrested for shitty nonviolent offenses and being in jail for 10, 15 years for fucking nothing. If y'all would stop looking at the wrong thing and focus on the right fucking problems, we probably would have the crime rate start to dwindle down. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, if niggas wasn't living in extreme poverty in the middle of one of the wealthiest cities in the country, then they wouldn't be out here trying to carjack niggas. But no, let's blame GTA because my legislature is shit. Yeah, good job, Senator Dickhead. Fuck you. He's not Senator. <laughs> He's not a Senator. He's a representative. I don't give a damn. Elected official asshole. That's who he is. Somebody, elected, somebody voted for him. They're all a bunch of morons. And there's morons now speaking for him. Mm-hmm. So fuck everybody involved in this conversation not named Boots Grouch. All right? God damn. That's how I feel. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, okay. man. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, it's just like, it's, it's, you're blaming, you're blaming the apps. Like, okay. It's like saying... The electric company's at fault because my son burned his hand on the hot stove. No, (laughs) no, no. The electric company didn't do that. Your dumbass kid decided to put his hand on the stove. But the question is, why was the stove on? Because no kid that I know can reach the back of the stove where the knobs turn on. So in in the, the relation to this analogy, if the parent turns the stove on, which is going to the store to buy the violent video game, then the kid who's going to burn his hand should have been told that the game or the stove is hot or is violent and what to do when you see this. But no, let's blame the electric company because it's totally their fault. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. I agree with you, though. Shout out to Chicago. All right. Yeah, Yeah. shout out to Chicago as a city. Like, I don't have an issue with Chicago. (laughs) Chicago is fine. It's this guy. Him, Rep Evans33 on Twitter. Him, he's a moron. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, next, um, so anybody who's looking forward to E3, um, they've decided, uh, well, their organizer, the Entertainment Software Association, is pushing forward with plans for a digital event this summer, um, but it still requires the backing of major game companies. Um, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, or E3, has historically been at the center of the game industry's calendar, with companies often saving their biggest announcement for the annual Los Angeles event. However, due to the coronavirus pandemic, plans for a physical E3 in 2020 were canceled. 
when the proposed 2020 virtual show also failed to materialize, the e excuse me, ESA promised a reimagined E3 would take place in June 2021. According to E3 2021 pitch documents sent to games publishers and seen by VGC, the ESA has now outlined its proposals for this year's event, excuse me, which would see three days of live stream coverage held during the previously announced dates of June 15th to the 17th. The ESA's intention is to hold multiple two-hour keynote sessions from games partners, an award show, a June 14th preview night, and other smaller streams from games publishers, influencers, and media partners. The broadcast event will be supplemented by media previews the, the week before, as well as demos released on consumer platforms, according to the ESA's proposal. The ESA also says it will allow partner companies to remotely stream playable game demos to the media across thousands of scheduled meetings, with one-to-one -one assistance from developers. Many companies have used similar on-demand streaming solutions during the pandemic to allow the media to remotely play their games for excuse me, preview purposes. However, the E3 2021 plan still require the approval of ESA's membership, which is made up of the industry's biggest games companies and who have significant influence over the direction of the show. The ESA was already facing significant pressure to reinvent E3, with several major publishers, including EA, Sony, and Activision, having abandoned the event in recent years, and that was before 2020's cancellation, after which many companies such as EA and Ubisoft enjoyed success running their own digital events. E3's longtime collaborator Jeff Keighley, who quit the show last year due to a disagreement over its direction, also launched the successful Summer Game Fest in 2020. It was successful. I watched it. It was great. Um, Keighley confirmed to VGC over a private message that the event would return this year and said he would again not be involved with E3. It's unclear how many publishers have signed up for E3 2021's digital event, Though at least one major games company VGC spoke to indicated that it would continue to run its own se separate digital showcase rather than paying the six-figure sums required to join E3 2021 schedule. However, the ESA, which is funded by and serves the interests of games publishers, would argue that a unified digital games event would grab the world's attention more effectively than a series of smaller shows. In a statement issued to VGC, the ESA said it would soon share exact details on this year's E3 show and claimed it was having great conversations with developers and publishers, but would not confirm who had signed up for the event. We can confirm that we are transforming the E3 experience for 2021 and will soon share exact details on how we're bringing the global video game community together, an ESA spokesperson said. We are having great conversations with pub publishers, developers, and companies across the board and we look forward to sharing details about their involvement soon. While the body has not officially canceled plans for a physical E3 event, it's understood that the digital show is now the focus for E3 2021 due to ongoing restrictions around the coronavirus pandemic. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not, I wasn't expecting E3 to be E3. Once Jeff Keighley had quit last year, um, I knew that was going to be an issue. And um, I also remember when um, EA, Sony, and Activision had said they were not going to be in E3. So this was before the pandemic. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. I mean, I think that um, everyone did a good job this year as far as um, showcasing what they had. I remember when we went over the Game Awards. 
um, like the General Game Awards and the New York Video Game Awards. So, you know, that pretty much covered a lot of what was going on. Um, and I know the history of E3, it's just people kind of gave up, it seems like. Um, E3's, E3's biggest issue was when, um, a couple years ago, the first, I don't know if it was Nintendo or Sony or Xbox, whoever just didn't show up to E3 mm-hmm. first. Right. Then they did their own little private thing. Everybody mm-hmm. was like, well, shit, I don't got to go all the way to E3. <laughs> all right, well, cool. Yeah. Plus, also, the digital age is really kind of killing it because why do I have to pay $600 for a weekend to see a bunch of sweaty nerds and and like you know all day when I can just get the exact same information that I want to get on YouTube the next day like I just I'm here mm-hmm. for the trailers I don't care about much else right. give me the announcement I get the trailer on YouTube I don't got to spend an extra bunch of money and then I'm good and then uh, also on the flip side Sony Nintendo Xbox's directs or whatever mm-hmm. well Nintendo was oh. never really like. In it, in it. Yeah. As far as I knew, they had their they have their own thing. So they always were doing their own thing. But like, but that's what I'm saying. Like once once they started doing their own directs, there was no need for like the e, the original E3 before gaming made sense. But now when it mm-hmm. became a gaming thing, and it's just like this is the gaming expo, mm-hmm. um, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? It, it ended up being weird. So that's just what it was. So yeah, I don't know. I, E3 was a good concept. Initially, mm-hmm. when it first came out, when it was like the, the business side, like the, the actual electronic expo, right? But that, you know, it got it got too much. So. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, our next story is um, about the Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nintendo Switch was launched on March third, twenty seventeen. So it's four years old now. Um, just as the console passes the four-year point, Nintendo president Shantaro Furukawa discusses the hardware and its lifespan in a new interview with Nikkei Business. Quote, for our company, it's a big topic what we should do next when the console passes its fifth year and the hardware's life cycle is in the process of getting longer, Furukawa explained. Um, the exec added that great care is given to Switch owners who are continuing to use the console. Nikkei Business did not ask the exec about the recent Switch redesign rumors, but the interview does shed light into how Nintendo develops new hardware and the company's approach to innovation. The publication did not point out that depending on how things are handled, the console's lifespan can get even longer. That's correct, Furukawa replied. Regarding the Switch's lifespan, I often say that it's entered its middle phase or so. He explained explained that because the Switch can be played as a traditional home console and as a portable, there are a lot of possible games. Uh, quote, we are able to lengthen the life cycle. Furukawa was asked about development timeframes for hardware, to which he replied, we are always doing R&D. According to Furukawa, the hardware and software dev teams are in the same building and are in close communication. Therefore, they are able to come up with new ideas and proposals. Quote, because you must do all sorts of, sorts of various preparations to make one new console, the truth is that you cannot stop. Ultimately, the deciding factor as to whether or not something becomes an actual product is whether or not it creates a new experience. But I have, excuse me, but even though the first few years of the Switch have been wildly successful, Kurokawa isn't complacent. Currently, the Switch's sales are exceedingly favorable and achievements are also good, but I have zero peace of mind, he said. Not 
Um, sorry. No matter the hits in the entertainment business, people someday do lose interest. Up until now, we have repeatedly had the experience of our business taking a nosedive. Uh, because of this, I myself as well as those within the company do not at all think the current state of affairs will keep going and going. For Furukawa, he believes that every single year is a do-or-die situation. You must give new customers fresh surprises and our existence can slip into obscurity at any time. I always have this set this kind of sense of crisis. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's an interesting thing to think about. I always think about a console's lifespan um, mm-hmm. when it comes out, especially if I have the console prior to that. Um, and I'm just like, well, if it's still good, I mean, I'm not going to get it. You know, like I have an Xbox yeah. Series S and um, the only reason I even got the Series S was because um, I had gotten my Xbox One. It was a surprise, actually. My dad and my sister got me the Xbox One um, in 2014. And, um, like, around the time I traded it in at GameStop, it was kind of... It was starting to act weird, so I was just like, okay, let me just trade it in before it really gets weird. And, you know, just get the Xbox Series S. Because that had been out for a while, too. So, um it's been fine so far. I haven't had any problems. So, okay, that's dope. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um. But yeah, that's an interesting, um, you know, thing to think about. Um, a console's lifespan. Um, like I, I also still have my 3ds. <laughs> so you know, it's that's still good. I haven't gone to the switch I yet. Have my, I got my Nintendo DS 3ds sitting in front of me. I have the old um. I got the old Nintendo skin, the Nintendo 3DS. Mm-hmm. Remember, it made the one look like a Nintendo controller. I got that one, and it's right next to my Switch. Oh, okay. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Nintendo be chilling. <laughs> I appreciate, I, I do appreciate, um, I don't know if I want to call it just like Japan's console life, because if you think about it, the original PlayStation was 10, 10 strong years, and then we got PS2, which was a good, a solid... 15 year run and then we got the three which the threes run was weird it was strong but like it was in that weird limbo period like everybody still loved the two right and they were waiting for but like it was like all right we'll rock with it and the three had a nice eight ten year eight, eight ten year run and then now the four is here and the four has been going for like seven years and this shit is going strong and i just love that console longevity like dreamcast had a uh, slight blip it mm-hmm. came and people still love it, but it just it didn't. It, it wasn't didn't. popular. Yeah, it was a, it was a niche niche system, and it was way ahead of its time. But I appreciate what it did when it came out. So and they gave us two K basketball. So. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. Let's see. Okay. This next thing. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna save that for after the break. Um. Let me just move on to the next thing. Okay. Um. So next. Um, so, if anybody's been uh, playing Watch Dogs Legion, um, well, the multi, well, well, wanting to play the multiplayer, um, it's been delayed indefinitely on the PC. Um, so, uh, Ubisoft announced that Watch Dogs Legion's multiplayer mode has been delayed indefinitely on PC. Uh, they said, we've identified an issue in the PC version that can cause the game to crash for players with certain GPUs, the development uh, team said in a statement on Twitter, noting that it was working to fix the issue. In the meantime, the statement continues, we've made the decision to wait to launch the PC version until this is fixed. 
We will communicate the new launch date as soon as possible. The announcement also noted a delay in the release of the Xbox, PlayStation, and Stadia versions of Legion's multiplayer to March 23rd. The announcement comes just two weeks after the, after the announcement that the game mode was coming in March. At the same time, we got our first real hands-on uh, with Watch Dogs Legion's online. So read that, but be aware that it might be longer than you want before you get to play it. <laughs> so yeah, um, not surprised about the delay. Uh, I hope they didn't make it where like you had to have like the current gen GPU to like play it correctly because that's not <laughs> that's not okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I that's feel true. like that's what they did and then now they gotta go fix it because they just woke up and realized everyone doesn't have a brand new spanking computer. Thanks. <laughs> um, that's, that's, man, that's real lazy, man. <laughs> Like, you don't even know. Um, okay. Um, so, next, or this is my, yeah, it's my last article um, for the general news. So, uh, Microsoft was looking into a fix for unresponsive Xbox controller issue. Just for the record, I do not have this issue, okay? Anyway. <laughs> According to reports online, some players are experiencing unresponsive buttons on their Xbox Series X slash S controllers. And Microsoft is already looking to fix this issue. See, that's why, because I have the Xbox One S. I don't have that. (laughs) So, um, as reported by sites like PC Gamer, some players have experienced an issue where pressing a button on the Xbox controller will not result in an action. This issue appears to affect players using the Xbox controller on both consoles and PC, apparently. Uh, Microsoft has issued a statement to IGN saying it is investigating the issue and working on a fix. Um, Here's the full statement. Um, At Microsoft, we put all of our products through rigorous quality assurance testing and are committed to providing customers with an (laughs) unparalleled gaming experience. We are aware some players may be experiencing unresponsiveness with their new Xbox wireless controllers, and our teams are actively working on the solution. For the best experience, we encourage customers to visit Xbox support for assistance. Users are starting to share their experiences uh, with faulty controllers online. One player tells the loadout that the Y button is the one primarily malfunctioning for them. Uh, It's unclear what the cause of the issue is, and until Microsoft announces an official fix, it's hard to say what temporary fixes are available to players. The Xbox controller is the latest console hardware to face issues. The Nintendo Switch has a long recorded history of faulty Joy-Cons with issues ranging from disconnecting controllers to drift where the reticle will begin to move on its own without player input. Uh, More recently, the PlayStation 5 DualSense has also been found to experience cases of drift. So, that's it. Mm. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, controllers, analogs are going to eventually give up anyway, but that's kind of interesting to see it happening so early. Mm-hmm. Um, not, again, not too surprised about, um, there still being bugs and pretty new things. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I normally tell people they should wait before getting a new system. Um, but, you know, same old, same old. <laughs> it's not even worth arguing about. Um, yeah. alright, well, um, that's it for the general news, unless, oh, uh, Frank, if you wanted to share some two things. I found two things, a good story and a bad story. 
So, like, okay. I'm going to give the bad story first okay. so we can end the podcast on a good note. All right. Uh, yeah, uh, so over the weekend, um, the the CEO of Take, Time, Take Two Interactive, Strauss Zelnick, was at the Morgan Stanley Technology Media and Telecom Conference this weekend, right? Somebody asked... Uh, how he felt about the reaction to the 2K21 price point that was released for what I'm going to call now gen, current gen, not last gen, the PS5, Xbox, uh, what is it, Series 1 XS Mega Edition? So, Whatever. wait, sorry, hang on. So, um, the price, is it is it the thing that where games are going to be like $70 now? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> sorry, I just wanted to be sure. Yeah. So he, so, okay, there's a big argument in the gaming community where they're like, the price point of games shouldn't be higher than X, and everybody would give you a different number. Um, Me, an intellectual, knows that back when I was playing Super Nintendo, the price point of a Super Nintendo cartridge was around $60 to $70. That hasn't changed. If you want to be, you know, crass, and oh, Frank, you're a fucking liar, go back and look it up. The price point for a game hasn't actually changed all that much between 1991 and 2021. And I appreciate that about the gaming industry. Should there be discounts for digital games? Sure, you should probably get like $10 off because you're not buying a disc. But am I mad that I'm paying $60 for a digital version? Sometimes, but like I'm not really pressed about it because I know that the game prices haven't fluctuated. So I get back to the point, Zelnick decided he was like, oh yeah, uh, 2K games, we released it at $70 because, and I quote, the public was ready for a price increase. One, no. Nobody wants their prices to be increased for anything. <laughs> that, that's a fucking lie. Go ahead. He goes on to say, um, <laughs> he said that he thinks that $70 should be the price point because uh, the company needs to, he said, if we're going to do that, that the company needs to provide a level of content that justifies the price point. Now, remind you, again, I remind you, this is the 2K guy who is saying this, like the Mm -hmm. king of microtransactions. So he follows it up with another brilliant quote. I think our view is we want to always live with more value than what we charge. Make sure the consumer has the experience and the experience of paying for it. Both are positive experiences. My man, you charge people $65 uh, for a basketball game, and then you charge them buku do to do <laughs> microtransactions for a mini game in your game. Like, don't give me that. Of all the companies that people look at when they say microtransactions are killing the gaming industry, your Take-Two company is in there with EA, Ubisoft, and Activision. Stop, because you're not offering <laughs> the right amount of value. If you give, if you were like, you know what? We got a ton of microtransactions in our game. We're going to give you the game. $40, and you can buy all the other bullshit that you want, cool. I'm not mad at that. And then I was reading the comment section, and this is my feel on it. Mm-hmm. If you release a game, and you plan on releasing DLC, you have admitted that you planned to release an incomplete game. Because if you start the game, don't, I'm going to get crucified for this, but if you make a game, mm-hmm. and you start development, and then you say, we're going to have DLC, that means you wanted to release an unfinished game because, my opinion, DLC should be neat little add-ons that come after you finish the game, and it's like, you know what? We're gonna give you an extra level because you've been so like you supported us for so long. So here's some DLC boss rush mode 
extra level, extra level, extra cosmetics, extra whatever, whatever, 15 bucks. Merry Christmas. Thank you, developers. An example of this is the developers who do um, Dead Cells. They okay. gave us a base game, then they released two DLCs, like two or three DLC packs after the fact for like five bucks. You get a whole bunch of new shit with it. New level, new weapon, new cosmetics, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Small game. So like, I don't mind if like the price point, but make the price point make sense. If you charge me $70 for a game, there better be, like, it better come with the season pass, and the DLC better be fucking free in there. Like, there's no reason why that I'm paying $70 and you're making me pay extra money after the fact. Now, if you was like, I'm going to charge you $40 for the game, and then we'll release DLC in the future, $10, $15 pop, all right, I'm in, let's talk. Because you're not charging me a ridiculous price in the beginning, and you're admitting, hey, we're going to charge you some shit down the line, but we're going to start you off with a lower price point, and we can get you later on. Don't raise me, don't meet me and be like, yeah, it's going to be $70, and then I'm going to charge you $10 every time you want to buy something for the game. No, <laughs> not just my pockets, I don't like that shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, he said that, and it's like, I'm not, I don't have any intention to buy any Take-Two Interactive game ever again now, because you're like, oh, I'm just going to charge 70 bucks. So, no, that's not what people are saying. So, well, that's what he said, and I, I, obviously the community's up in arms about that. So, right. Up? So, just so I'm clear, he's saying that He's saying that the game should be, like, games going forward should be $70, and then plus, like, whatever we have to pay for, like, the DLCs after the fact? Or is he saying um, that, sorry, I lost my point. Um, I was confused because I was thinking, like, maybe it was either that or he was trying to say that um, it should be more because you're paying for DLCs anyway. Nah, it's he's just saying. Uh, he's basically just saying we're just charging you more money because we can. Essentially, he's saying oh. that he's saying it without saying it. We're charging okay. you more money because we can. Like that's essentially what he's breaking down to. Because if you think about it, from PS PS three, four, and five or PS three and four game prices were the same. They were sixty bucks across both platforms. So there's no reason for the games to go up another ten dollars for no other reason. That's true. Like you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything different because if you were doing anything different, you wouldn't be able to upscale PS4 games right into PS5 so easily. So don't sit here and tell me you're doing something different. You're just taking off restrictions that you had before. So, <laughs> Also, I feel like with DLC, it also depends on what exactly the content is and the price. Because I'm not mad at, you know, DLC in general. I just think he needs to, like, just deal with the fact that, I mean, no, yeah, like you said, nobody's going to just want to pay for something just because you charge more. I mean, that's not, that's ridiculous. Right. I mean. I'm still mad at Take-Two for releasing a Kobe edition that was full price. Like, I still have a whole argument wow. about that. Yeah, I f- completely forgot about that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Yeah, like, to this day, I, oh still, I still have sorry because of that. Because it's not that they released a Kobe edition. Mm-hmm. It's that they were trying to, they were obviously, so obviously trying to capitalize off of his death. Yeah. Because all you had to do for the Kobe edition was be like, look. We're going to release a special Kobe edition mm-hmm. of 2K. It's not a game. Like, here's our Kobe tribute. It's not a game. It costs $2.81 or $2.24 or $8.24 or $2.08. Whatever combination of 2 24 and 8 you wanted to put together to make this thing be a price. Mm-hmm. And it's like a little special uh, highlight of Kobe's thing with all proceeds that you bought this thing for go straight to Vanessa Bryant 
and her family, right. and whatever friends they want to put to. Don't sit here and be like, "Want well, to sell the Kobe edition for seventy dollars?" Because we know y'all niggas love Kobe and he's dead, and we're not going to give any of this money back. Fuck you, two K twice. <laughs> that shit should get on discount. Twenty four cents for the Kobe edition. Mm-hmm. All proceeds go to Kobe. The only thing the Kobe edition was was just a loading screen that said, "Rest in peace, Kobe. We'll miss you, Mamba." That's all you paid for. Wow. That's it. Oh my god. No, 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 no. I'm saying that's what I would have done. Like I would have been oh, like, "Oh, oh, oh!" I thought that's what they did. <laughs> No, my Kobe edition would have been like, you give me 24 cents or you give me $2.40 or just like a Kobe number. And it's like, hey, you get a splash page, you get a um, you get a memorialized Kobe uh, theme for your PlayStation and you get like an icon, like 24, 24 ever or some shit. Right. Like mm-hmm. this is what you do. None of the money goes to us. It all goes to Kobe's family and, and Vanessa Bryant and, and his remaining family and stuff like that. That's what they should have did. Mm-hmm. And I still don't like that. So I, 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 <laughs> I can't say that because I play Civilization. So that's um, what I'm saying. Like, I be trying not to. I be trying not to be like that. And I haven't bought a Civ in a while. But mm-hmm. like uh, y'all, it's really bad for me. So yeah, they shouldn't have done that. I agree. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you got another article. Oh uh, yeah. So also on the good note, since we're going to end this on the good note, mm-hmm. the developers of Ghost of Tsushima. Are, will be made permanent ambassadors of the island. The oh yeah, I actually saw are, that. Um, I actually saw that. Um, but I think I just forgot to include it. But yeah, go ahead. The creative leads, uh, Nate Fox and Jason Connell, will become permanent tourism ambassadors of the city of Tsushima in Nagasaki. The uh, the island announced this this week. Essentially, um, the island has given them big respects because they have shown the proper respect to the island. And they've been showing the the actual name and 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 you know the historical accuracies of the things that happened in the island. And so the island of Tsushima has reached out to the two developer, two creative directors, and said, "Hey, we're going to go ahead and give you honorary uh, ambassadorship." So I think that's pretty dope. I'm sorry, permanent ambassadorship. So I think that's really dope because yeah. that's cool. That is because cool. that's and that's and that falls in like they showed respect to the culture. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They they did everything. When people say. You can tell a story about other cultures and you don't have to do stupid stereotypical shit. Mm-hmm. This is what we They didn't like everything in here was respect to the culture, respect to the past, respect to the history, respect to everything involved. And yet it came out perfect. Nobody complained about it. And the country of Japan loved it. So you can't tell me <laughs> that you can't mm-hmm. make proper representation in gaming because all it takes is a little bit of time and a little bit of care. That's it. Yep. So. All right. Yeah, but basically, yeah, Mayor said he invited the whole team from uh, Sucker Punch to come out and visit the island. So, yeah, Yeah. it's pretty cool stuff. Can I just say really quick, I love Sucker Punch. Um, Thank you so much for making, um, hang on, we'll probably get this wrong. (laughs) Why, Cooper? (laughs) No, hang on, I'm not thinking of, I'm not thinking of Sly Cooper because I think they made another game that, um, I really like, let me just make sure before, not Sly Cooper, and it's not um, Infamous, and it's not Ghost of Tsushima, because I haven't played that yet. Um, damn it. What the hell? Uh, unless I'm confusing them with someone else. Let me see. Uh, give me a second. Oh, no, I think I confused them with someone else. Never mind. Are you thinking of Insomniac? 
No, I'm thinking, I think I was thinking of, um, hang on. I was thinking, uh, I think I was thinking of Lazy Bear Games. Or Tiny Build. Yeah, I think I was thinking of Tiny Build. That's what I was thinking of. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> I, I am going to give a shout out to, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Sucker Punch because of the Sly Cooper series and the Infamous series and Ghost of Tsushima. I played, uh, I played all of the Infamous series except for Festival of Blood and I love those games. I've played, uh, Ghost, obviously, and I played the original Sly Cooper, and I'm so excited because I really, really want it to happen. Uh, a remake of the Sly Cooper series, not a re- like, not like a, I'm sorry, not a, not a HD remake, but like mm-hmm. a reboot. really like a reboot of the Sly Cooper series. So okay, cool. Uh, shout out to Bellevue yeah. and Seattle and that whole area, because um, I've also noticed that a lot of people that are involved in um, creative video games um, either live or work out there, and I will be out there at some point. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> so Washington State is a pretty place to visit. The landscape is incredible. I've heard. I want to go there really badly. <laughs> um, and that's all you got for the general news. That's it. All right. Um. Yeah. So that's it for the general news. Um. And we'll be right back with our um. Video game anniversaries and announcements. Be right back. And we're back. Um, so first, I guess I should start with the, let me see. I guess the announcements, just go through really quick. Um, so for those of you who have, um, Xbox Game Pass, um, oh, excuse me, um, most of the games that's coming out this month are sports games. Um, so, let's see. First um, is Madden NFL 21 on the console. Um, it's through EA Play. Um, if you didn't know, um, EA Play sort of incorporated their games with Xbox Game Pass, so you don't have to pay that extra stupid $4.99 a month along with the Xbox Game Pass, so you get all of their games as well. So... Okay. Um, Madden NFL 21 um, is available now. Um, Football Manager 2021 um, for the PC. And then Football Manager 2021 Xbox Edition for the console and the PC. I don't know why it's two different games. That's weird. Anyway. Um, NBA 2K21 on the cloud and console is available now. Um, Star Wars Squadrons for the console. Um... It says it's coming in March. I don't know what date exactly, but um, it'll be sometime this month. Uh, next, uh, in case you miss it, missed it, excuse me, um, Cricket 19 for the PC is available now. Um, if you like Cricket, um, let's see, Elite Dangerous, um, which is on the cloud, is available now. Um, let's see, uh, for. DLC slash game updates. Um, Gears 5 Operation 6 DLC bundle is available now. Um, Minecraft The Mountain is available now. And for the games um, in the Game Pass library that's leaving, um, these games are leaving next week. So next Monday on the 15th, um, Alvastia Chronicles on the console and PC is leaving Xbox Game Pass. Um, Astralagaster for the P- for the PC is leaving. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night for the console and the PC. Kona for the console. And The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt for the console is leaving Xbox Game Pass. So, oh. yeah, like I said, it's mostly sports stuff. 
Um, for all my PlayStation slash Sony people, um, let's see. For we have like uh, yeah, so Final Fantasy VII remake for the uh, PS4 is out. Um, Remnant from the Ashes for the PS4. Um, the game is Dark Souls with a gun. <laughs> really? Yeah. I've never played I it. I downloaded it. I downloaded it already. I started playing it, mm-hmm. and it's it's legitimately just Dark Souls with a gun because like the combat is very Souls esque. Like you you have to dodge and roll. And there's mm-hmm. no block. It's just like uh, I'm good. I'm not gonna sit here and torture myself. With, with like the the whole uh, these enemies just hit stupid hard because you can't find the right armor because we're not gonna tell you where to go shit I'm good man y'all <laughs> y'all play Soul Corner if y'all want to I'm good I'll pass mm-hmm. I don't play video games for stress <laughs> um Maquette for the PS5 is available um and Farpoint for PSVR is available um these games will be available until April fifth. Um, yeah, so that's it for the game announcements. Um, oh, sorry, so there was something I wanted to mention that it's like half general news, half announcement, which is why I waited. Um, so if you don't have a PS5 yet, you can still claim those games through a web browser. Um, if you subscribe to PS Plus, it allows members to play online games. Um, and since the PS5 launched in November, Sony has made PS5 games available to members of PS Plus 2. Uh, first up was Bud Snacks. Um, in February, the Derby game Destruction All-Stars. Um, and they're still available. Um, you can claim them until uh, April 6th. Um, and then this month, like I just said, is the wonderful Maquette. Um, it's okay. also available on the PS5. Um, the easiest way to claim them, obviously, is if you have a PS5, but if you don't, have one, you can still claim the games um, through the browser. Um, you have to go to Sony's landing page for the monthly PS Plus games. Um, then you have to click find out more for the game that you want, and it will take you to the store page. Um, if you're signed into the store with the same PS um, PlayStation account that's signed up for PS Plus, the price tag should be stricken out. So instead of a buy button, you just instead see an add to library icon, and then you click on that. So when you finally do buy a PS5, um, all those games will be claimed like in your library when you actually purchase the console. So, yeah. So yeah, don't worry if you feel like you're missing out um, on the free PS5 games. You can still claim them um, if you have a PS Plus account. Um, you know, just they'll they'll just be held in your library until you actually purchase the console. All right. Um, so. Next is the video game anniversaries. Um, I actually want to bring this one up even though it's like three days old. I'm still going to mention this. It is the 21st anniversary of the PlayStation 2. So if you're a big (laughs) PlayStation 2 fan, which I'm pretty sure almost everyone was, um, it was released in Japan 21 years ago on March 4th, 2000. So um, I remember, let me see. When the PlayStation 2 came out, I actually wasn't like paying attention to it like that. Because like I um, if anybody's been listening to me on this podcast, if you know me, I'm mostly a PC gamer. I got started with playing PC games. Um, and my dad bought like our um, the original PlayStation after the fact. Um, so with the PS2, first of all, I didn't even know it came out. My dad just 
<laughs> like, you're 10 years old, you're just following your parents. We literally went to the video game store, and he just bought the PS2. Um, so you mean, at 10 years old, little lilac boots didn't buy GTA for herself? Well, here, I, I'm actually leading into that. So, <laughs> here's, an interesting, here's an interesting story. So, um, I don't remember what the first game I played on the PlayStation 2 was. However, I will tell you that my dad let me subscribe to PlayStation Magazine. And if anybody my age or older remembers, um, those magazines came with like um, game demos, um, the demo discs. So, I mostly was playing like the um, game demos that came on those discs when they came in. Um, and that's how, you know, I just knew about certain games. Um, and, um, my dad, like, we had a local, there was a local video game store here, um, in Mount Vernon before it, like, tragically burned down, but, um, I remember my dad going in there, and, um, he didn't know what to pick, too, because he's not, he's not a nerd, so, <laughs> um, the guy at the store had told him, um, to try, uh, GTA 3, so, um, I would watch him play the game, and, I, I don't know how I knew this, or rather maybe because I was using cheat codes for, like, the other games I was playing, but I was just like, I wonder if I could just, um, like, look up cheat codes for this game. So, I looked them up and I found them, and my dad was, like, having an issue, um, trying to get away from the cops, and I'm like, hey, I can take them off if you want. He was like, what? <laughs> so, he gave me the controller, and then, like, I put in the commands, and then they were just gone. <laughs> so... He would drive them away. And then, like, after that, we were just playing GTA 3 together. I would just watch him play. I would just help him with, like, the cheat codes or whatever else. You know, whatever. But he was mostly playing that game. I just watched him. <laughs> so, that's basically my story with the PlayStation 2. <laughs> but, uh, um... Good system. Such a good system. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, the next thing is, um, Street Fighter... Street Fighter versus Tekken uh, for the PS3 and Xbox 360 was released um, March 6th, 2012, nine years ago. Wow. I didn't even know there was a crossover for Street Fighter and Tekken. I should go find that and play it. <clears throat> All right. Um, Mass Effect 3 for the PC, PS3, and Xbox 360 was released. Uh, March 6th, um, 2012, so nine years ago, so same day. <laughs> um, next, uh, Tales of Fantasia for Game Boy Advance was released 15 years ago in 2006. Oh, wow. Uh, doesn't this make you feel so old? <laughs> um, oh, man, yeah, because, like, there's kids who were born in 2000. It's just, like, this stuff when you were a kid. What is it? <laughs> um... I've never heard of this. Pokemon Troze? Pokemon no. Troze for DS was released uh, March 6th, 15 years ago in 06. I'm going to Google that. I have no idea. I mean, 208 would know before I would. I don't, I don't do Pokemon. That's oh, okay. I do. I want to know what the hell this is. I should ask my friend. He's like a Pokemon freaking expert that I know. Okay, this is a puzzle game. Would you call him a Pokemon master? I mean, basically, yeah. Well, he likes to think he is, anyway. But, you know, I'm not going to talk shit, because he has way more Pokemon than me. He could just smack me with them, so. Um, I've never heard of this game. It looks like... Um, okay, maybe I'm wrong. 
I'll I'll figure it out and I'll ask him because he he would know. <laughs> it looks like a it, if you look at the pictures, it looks like um like a Pokemon version of like Tetris at first, and then I looked up the plot and I'm like, okay, there must be more than this. I'll look that up later. Uh, next, uh, Pokemon Ranger Guardian Signs for DS was released March 6th in Japan 11 years ago, 2010. A lot of Pokemon games. Oh, wow. um, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX for the Switch was released last year on uh, March 6th. And finally, um, Pokemon Black and White for the DS was released on this day um, 10 years ago. In 2011, oh. um, I have never played Pokemon Black or White. Um, actually, I think, I think Troze was just a uh, a Japanese and Europe release because it's a puzzle game. Oh no, it came out in America too. Did it? Mm-hmm. Oh. That's why I was like, I've never heard of this. <laughs> if it came out in Japan, I wouldn't have. Um, I would be like, oh, that's just their thing. But nope, it came out here too. That's why I was like, what? Me. <laughs> Um, so Pokemon Black and White, um, that's actually where I stopped with the Pokemon, well, not where I stopped, rather, um, my last Pokemon game that I remember sitting down and playing was Diamond, um, and that's where I stopped, um, I never played Pokemon Black and White or anything after that, um, so, yeah, um, that's my history of Pokemon, (laughs) um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, um, today, there wasn't that much news, um, but still interesting. Still interesting. Um, you got anything else, Frank? Uh, I don't. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening so much. Um, and I'll see you soon. Bye, everyone.